Jennifer, tell me, what are your two truths and one lie? <laughs> so my life has been a bit wild, so I'm curious if anyone will guess. So one is I drove a semi-truck and crashed into a gas station route. Two is I was on the front page of a newspaper for leading a laugh mob. And three is I got bit by a monkey. Welcome to a whole lot of shift podcast, the podcast for multi-passionate women with an entrepreneurial spirit, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you shift away from all the shoulds and supposed tos to what's truly possible for you in your business and your life, all on your own terms. You ready, girl? Let's make shift happen. Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Whole Lot of Shift. I am so excited to bring our guest to you all today. I am bringing you Jennifer Fay, and Jennifer is an energy healer, and she is someone who I met recently. And when she reached out and she and I connected this last week, I knew that she was somebody that I had to have on the show and bring to all of you. So first, let me just say, welcome, Jennifer. Excited that you're here. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. Awesome. So like I said, Jennifer, she began offering some energy healing way back in 2010. She is certified in several different modalities, and she's a Reiki master, an advanced theta healer, sound healer, and a certified meditation teacher. Really, her ultimate vision is to teach and support others to bring more light into their energy field. She believes we came here to vibrate at a frequency that impacts the world around us. You guys, I am so excited for her to be on the show. If you've listened to any of my past episodes, then you know how much I talk about the importance of your energy and listening to your intuition and feeling into the power of the universe and all these other things that go into the level that you are vibrating on for your business and your life. And I'm so excited that she's here to share so many amazing things with us. So Jennifer, anything that I missed, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. I mean, that could be a whole episode in itself. That's probably a lot <laughs> I can share, but I guess I can say, share a perspective that my friends always say. They always kind of call me the fairy, like, oh, a fairy friend. They call me the fairy friend. Uh, <laughs> and I am labeled as that because I am a person that really believe, I really truly do believe anything is possible. And I see limitations that people might have or say, or, and I see them as all things that can be transformed or alchemized using our, our energetic fields and kind of some of these subtle energies that are behind it. Maybe energies that we're not consciously aware of, like our subconscious beliefs or patterns from the past, past traumas, emotions that are stuck in the body. There's kind of a lot that can go on in the energetic field. But I, from my perspective, I think we can shift it and align to really anything that our heart desires and then be aligned to receiving it. So that's kind of why I think that they all call me the fairy. <laughs> and just because of magical experiences where I've created that type of thing in my own life. Yeah, which I can share more about. But yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, you know, it's funny that I, I'm sure your friends are, are saying it like in a teasing manner. Because one of the things that, that you and I had said even before we started recording was that we really kind of want to try to normalize this entire conversation. Because I think when people start to hear about, well, an energy healer or operating on a certain vibrational frequency, people get a little like, whoa, that sounds a little woo-woo, a little out there. Or I have one friend who's always telling me, well, that sounds a little new age. I'm like, okay, well. 
But it's so true. There was something that you had said to me when we had met previously about just that our own vibration, like the amount in which it traveled. And I wish I could, I could remember what it was that you shared because it was really powerful to me. And my mind just went blank. I think it might have been related to the possibly the book and the the study with the Heart Math Institute. I don't know if you're yes. to that. Yeah. Yes. So that was the Heart Math Institute. They do research related to the heart and brain coherence. And they they study our our energy fields, but using science. And so they had found that they they looked at the the photons in the body, which essentially are, is light. Like the light we vibrate is really the photons in our body. Like in, in certain realms, they might call it like your aura or your energetic field. And in science, they might call it like your photons and your, you know, there's like all different names, but it's kind of all the same. And so they found that through intentionally focusing on the heart and meditating in a space where you're focused on this heart energy, and connecting to that with your intention that the photons in the body that these these little balls of light increase by 5000 times so mm. literally the the energy around a person's body i mean 5000 times more energy <laughs> and light just by something as simple wow. as focusing on the heart and our intention so mm that was it. I remember we started having that conversation and I remember I'm going to have to go back and like write some of this down because that was my literal thought when you were sharing that. I was like, this is a writer downer because this is really powerful. I think, again, so many people think this just sounds kind of woo. No, there's science behind this. You know, this, this wasn't something, it's not from a, just a fairy. <laughs> What's that? <It's, laughs> It's so much deeper than that. So, oh, this is going to be such an incredible conversation. Okay, before we get too far into, into the episode, I do want to ask, did you want to play two truths and one lie with us? Yes, I would love to. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So, Jennifer, tell me, what are your two truths and one lie? <laughs> so my life has been a bit wild, so I'm curious if anyone will get so one is I drove a semi-truck and crashed into a gas station roof. Two is I was on the front page of a newspaper for leading a laugh mob. And three is I got bit by a monkey. Wow. Okay. This is going to, this is going to be good. <laughs> It's going to be good because, yeah, these are all kind of wild, right? <laughs> uh, but this is what makes it so this is what makes life so interesting because we never know where it's going to lead. So tell me a little bit, like, where did this all start? How did you first started started? Wow. How did you first start to tap into the whole concept of like energy or even manifestation? Take me back a little bit because you've been doing this for a while. Mm hmm. Well, it kind of began with I worked for a naturopathic doctor back in 2006, and I got really obsessed with holistic medicine and this concept of getting to the root cause. And that was in that particular environment, that was the root cause of a health issue. And it was physically based, like the root cause was physical, but that was the focus in that practice. But this led me on a quest to be really curious about this and really resonate with that idea. And so I started exploring different energy healing modalities after that. And that was when my first energy healing modality that I got certified in was theta healing. And the concept of theta healing is very much that. And it's looking at what the root causes are, but looking at the root causes from a subconscious perspective. So what are some of the subconscious beliefs, programming and energy that's behind this? So even if it was a physical issue, same physical issue, it'd be like, okay, it could be some physical imbalances going on. Yes. But what's beneath that? Like, what are the energies beneath that? Like, sometimes 
there might be a reason that we actually want to be sick, even though we might not think that like there really actually is Mm -hmm. something beneath the layers like, well, I'm actually, you know, when I was a kid, I wasn't getting the attention I needed. So I would my subconscious as a way of survival would create this way for me to get sick so that I could get love so that I could survive in the ways that I needed and get my needs met. And there could not be all these different things beneath the surface that we would not consciously say that we're doing or maybe even be aware of, but they're there and they're creating things in our lives that, that don't, that aren't harmonious. And so that was really what opened the door to me diving into exploring some of these root causes, but from all different angles when it comes to stuck emotions, subconscious beliefs, and all these other layers. And since then, I've, yeah, I just loved it and just haven't stopped learning and exploring. Oh, that's so awesome. So how did you know, like, was there any kind of significant moment or circumstance that kind of led you to realize, like, hey, this is actually the body of work? that I want to continue in? Like, how did you know? Oh, that's a tricky question. Uh, For the first many years, I didn't have enough, I think, self-confidence. I had some things around my own self-worth, self-confidence, things that I had to work through first before I was able to own it. I also had to develop a lot of my skills because While I am a very intuitive being and I've reawakened that within myself, I had really not been tuned into that my whole childhood up into my early adult life. So I had to reawaken all of my gifts of connecting to my intuition and learning how to do that. And that was a journey that took many years and, you know, a lot of dedicated practice. So yeah, I mean, I probably took I so I started offering energy healing sessions soon after I got my first training. But I didn't necessarily own it. Like I am mm-hmm. an energy healer and and I still kind of would have another job and then have a few energy healing clients and it was and the other thing is I didn't like being labeled. I've always been a very multi-passionate person and a person that has a lot of interests and ideas and I'm always interested in new things and that's always evolving and so I also really didn't like the idea of being in a box or being labeled for example I also like writing so I was like I'm also a writer and I'm also you know I love kids and I also am a teacher and I love this and I love that and so it was even now you know I still there are these things that I do, and I don't necessarily say any of them as like who I am per se, but they're part of me and part of my gifts and strengths. Absolutely. Yeah. I I guess I don't know when I officially owned it. I'd say it's probably honestly been within the past year or two. That's amazing. One of the things that I'm always talking about, especially for those who you know, they are starting this out. Maybe they've got a side hustle and they're, you know, they're having all those doubts that are just natural about, am I, am I doing the right thing? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Who, you know, who can know about this? Is it okay if I share this information? Are people going to think I'm crazy? Like there's just all these thoughts that go through your mind before you actually completely own who you are and what you want to bring into the world and what you want to do. And it's a process and it's not linear. Like you may even go through a period of time where you think you're super clear on it and you think you're ready for it. And then you start to step into it and it's like, oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I had that experience at one point and I quit on my probably like six years ago. No, probably more like eight years ago. I was like, that's it. I'm just going to be an energy healer. And I quit my job and went all in. And and then a bunch of life circumstances happened. My house got broken into. I had this traumatic event happen. It was like just spiral after spiral of life. And I'm like, 
and now does not feel like the right time for me to like own this as a full-time business. Like I'm not in the space. I think I need to get a job again. So it's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a journey for sure. It is a journey. Oh, I thank you for sharing that and just being transparent about that because I think I think it's so important. Sometimes I think there's almost like this stigma of, well, if you're not able to just completely quit your job and do a business full time, then you're not really a business person. And I just think that that's, that's just false. Yeah. It, it just is. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's more your energy behind it. Like what I've found is, mm-hmm. like I was saying, I had all those doubts and just, I, I had a lot of things in my way. And as I've cleared and done so much work on myself and got into a place of true empowerment, I've owned it. Like, this is what I'm doing. I know this is what I'm doing. I know this is where I'm going. And I'm very clear on that. And if I need to do something on the way there that will support me in getting there, then great. Like, I'll take it one day at a time and I'll trust that I'll get there in the way that's best for me. And there's no right way. There's no wrong way. There's just me and what I decide to do and what I decide to choose that's in alignment with the desires and where I'm going. So that's more how I've approached it. Of it's yes, yeah, it's very individual. It is, it's so individual. The journey just looks so different for everyone. That's awesome. So, I'm curious, you mentioned a little bit about being a writer, also. So, what kind of writing? So, I started, I had the, the writing desire probably came about I've always loved writing but and even through my own work I you know I kind of channel like messages and I share them you know on social media or just in my journal or I've always kind of have loved writing just for my own processes and probably like yeah I think it was maybe maybe even 10 years ago I started getting ideas for books and Yeah, I just realized what I realized about writing is because I've always been a person that's like, okay, I want to follow my heart. I want to follow my highest desire, my highest excitement. And like, what is that, you know? And so I noticed that writing has been another thing that's always kind of just stuck. Like writing and energy healing are just like they've been there for many years and work with kids. Like those are like three categories that I've like, they're just constantly there no matter how I evolve. So, yeah, so I've written, a, I have probably five different books in the making right now. Some halfway done, some all the way done. But my latest book is Teaching Meditation and Mindfulness to Kids Through a Story. And that actually just came to me. So I actually would just practice sitting and do creative writing where I would just sit and like let the words flow onto the paper and that's what happened the words flowed onto the paper and I just it it felt very energizing I felt very alive I felt really excited about it but what happened with that book and this book that I'm actually about to launch in a few weeks but was that I knew it wasn't complete and I was like okay so th- it's it, a lot of it's here. I know it's not complete. What do I need to complete it? And the answers weren't coming to me. So I had to just wait almost two years before it came to me how to complete the book. Wow. So it, I found that writing is also be like that. <laughs> if you're writing from that place of letting it come to you. Right. What are some of the, because I know that I've talked with some of my clients about this, about just getting really still with yourself and present to try to really listen to your gut and your heart about where you're going, what you're doing, because the the answers are there, right? Mm -hmm. As frustrating as it might hear to say to, or as frustrating as it might be to hear that from coaches, well, the answer's there and you're like, but I don't know the answer. Yeah. (laughs) What what are some of the things that you practice, whether it be a daily habit or something that you do to kind of learn how, you know, how how does one sit with themselves to really listen to what's on their heart? Well, I think there's a lot to that. 
like in the beginning, I would sit and listen and I was also really disconnected from my emotions and my body and myself just because of past trauma and past experiences. So it was hard. Like I would sit there and be like, I want to feel something. And I would just feel like numb or disconnected. And so I feel like it really depends. Like people can be in very different spaces when they start. Like I've been in places where I've been depressed and in really low places. And it feels really impossible to sometimes to, to connect to yourself, especially when you're not used to it and you haven't been doing it for a while. What I've found is that it really is like a culmination of a little bit builds over time. So the way that I've actually seen transformation in my life and major transformation is not like I sat and felt my feelings or got a message like one time. It just doesn't work. It's I've done it consistently over many, many years, and it's all added up to then it gets easier. Then I can hear the answers more easily. Then I notice shifts in my life quicker or I'm starting to see the reflections of how it's actually impacting my outer reality. But it's not like a a one-time thing. So it really just depends on where you're starting from. And that, you know, can be all over the board. But I mean, I could keep going. Does that answer any of your questions? I can keep talking about it if you want and how I know it. That answers so much because there's so much more to it, right? There, There is a healing process, especially if you have experienced some sort of significant trauma or traumas in your life. Because I want to be aware of the fact that sometimes it might not be one single significant event at one period in time. It could also be the accumulation of events, right? And, but... There is a healing process that has to occur there before before you can, exactly what you're saying, learn how to sit and listen. And it's one of those things where like once you've experienced, so I know that you've said a couple of times so far about like channeling something or receiving a message. Mm -hmm. The thing is like, we've been receiving these messages our whole lives. but for a really long time, like we kind of ignore them, right? We're like, oh, that's mm-hmm. not. And then eventually it's like, it's a, it is exactly what you're describing, like this process where you have to teach yourself, okay, well, what if I listen this time? Or what if I act upon this, this feeling, this message I feel like I'm receiving that's saying, do this or that? Gosh, so many important pieces in there. Um, one, you know, the, the healing process, learning how to listen and accept it. And again, that's why we're having this conversation of just normalizing some of these things that occur. Such, such powerful information. Yeah. And, oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think. Oh, no, go ahead. The other thing to the listening is like, we start listening, right? We start tuning into our inner voice, kind of what maybe some of the thoughts going through our mind. Maybe we start getting more attuned to these things. There's also things to learn about what we're hearing because not everything you hear or tune into is like the divine truth. Like I, (laughs) I would, you know, there's little parts in you, like wounded parts, you know, like maybe this little child. And I think we all have traumas and a ton of them and they don't have to be some big, horrible, traumatic event. Although a lot of us have those too, but you know, it can be little things like someone picked on me and called me a mean name when I was five. And now I believe that I am an idiot and I suck and, you know, whatever, who knows, whatever you decided to believe about yourself. But then it's like that little voice, you know, that little girl that never got to express how she felt when so-and-so picked on her when she decided that she sucks. And that's the little voice that's in there saying, like, giving you advice, you know, like sometimes we have to learn not only to listen, but we have to be like, what are we listening to here? Like this little mm-hmm. wounded part of myself that had this experience that's really just needing my love and attention. So we really have to learn how to connect to our highest version of ourselves and let that version of ourselves be leading us. And with that comes a lot of showing up for all these other parts of ourselves that our whole lives, we didn't have the tools. We didn't know how to do this. We weren't taught this. So we weren't able to show up for them 
And most likely our parents weren't taught this or, or teachers or people around us weren't taught these, these skills and these tools. So they weren't able to show up for us in the way we needed to process these things. And so we have to show up for ourselves to process all of these little parts so that we can actually hear our higher version of ourself, like the version we want to be listening to. Because otherwise, we're getting led by, you can listen, but you might be getting led by somebody you don't want to actually be listening to. Yeah. No, that is, that exact. It's like you were taking the words out of my mouth. One of the things that I do when I'm working with somebody like on their self-belief statement, and we're working on this statement of the ultimate, like, highest version of themselves that they that they want to become is that when you're writing it every day and we're trying to work on some of those subconscious thoughts really asking yourself like when new thoughts are coming in as you're writing about this future self being able to ask yourself well is this my old wounded self that's talking to me right now that's having these new thoughts or is this a a thought because i am seeing my future highest self it's a tricky it's a it's a little tricky right mhm yeah it uh, takes practice for sure or like what what would my highest version of myself do in this scenario like and working to connect to that or you know, connecting yeah. to these future versions of yourself and who you're becoming, like who, what would she do? How would she show up in this? And, or yeah, sometimes I even also ask yeah. like, is this mine? Is this someone else's? Cause sometimes we have, you know, this is my parent voice <laughs> that's talking here that I've kind of, you know, integrated in me and, and it's become me, but this isn't actually me. So you know, who's, who's, who is this saying this? Yes. Oh man, that's so good. Okay. So I, I know I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent, but you had said that the second part of, or the last part of the book that you were working on had finally come to you. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. So do you feel like it's finished? Are we in the, are we going to see a book soon? (laughs) Yes, yeah, so that book is actually complete. Yeah, it's called My Big Heart. And yeah, so the final pieces came to me and it's the journey of a little girl who feels small and invisible. And she's physically small because she's a child. And going on a journey of through mindfulness and reconnecting to her heart and her energy field. And it incorporates that heart math study we talked about in the beginning into the book. It weaves it in. She discovers the power of herself and, and how powerful she mm-hmm. truly is, the power of her heart. And she, yeah, she just re- realizes how big she truly is in power, heart, strength, and confidence. So it's, yeah, it's a journey of her transformation and so I'm really excited about it. It's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So I'll be, it'll be on Amazon and yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. Imagine if we, imagine if we could see, or if we were able to understand our power when we were little, when we were younger. So is it written as, as a, a book for children or just, is it a like an adult book about the little girl? So I say it's for children of all ages, but it is written for children. It's a children's picture book, has beautiful illustrations. And so it's just a short, easy read with beautiful illustrations. It's a picture book. So it is written for kids ages six and up. And I also think that, you know, adults of all ages could benefit from it. Or sorry, children of all ages, which essentially is also adults. (laughs) Amen. Because I, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So, <laughs> Do we ever know? And it's always evolving. It's always evolving. I don't think right? yeah, that it's like one thing I will be forever. <laughs> right. I have a I have a 20 year old and it was just a couple of weeks ago where he was saying, I really just don't know what I what I what I want to do. He's like, I still he's like, yeah, I'm going to school, but I still don't know what I want to do. And I was like, kid none of us actually know that answer <laughs> I know. yeah I really wish that they would that more of this would be shared you know because as a kid I felt the same way and I thought well I don't know what I want to do and then 
I was very determined, like, well, I'm going to do something that I love. I'm going to find work that I love. Mm -hmm. And I really wish that 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 was shared to me, you know, or, or would be shared to more kids that it's really about deciding. It's it's not about finding anything. It's about deciding this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to create and learning like how to follow your heart and and how and how to do that. And yeah, these little things like, oh, well, that's not really how life is like giving showing kids these things. So they don't have these unrealistic expectations that then lead you feeling defeated in life when it was like never necessary right. <laughs> never right i know we we kind of portray this life that yeah you're gonna you know you're gonna go to school and you're gonna know what you want to become and what you want to do and that's gonna be your life and you're gonna love it and and that's just so far from the truth <laughs> just does not work that way yeah. Yeah. I, I am so excited about the book. Thank you. Yeah. I was just going to say, I've even felt this way about, you know, how people talk about like finding your purpose. And I almost feel like it's the same thing, you know, where people are like, find your purpose. And once you find your purpose, like everything will be butterflies and rainbows and you'll be so fulfilled and happy and life will be wonderful. And I, I really feel like it's the same idea of like, find your career, find your whatever. And it's all like, it's all promoting like something outside of you, something in the future will then make you happy. Like you're not satisfied now and you're not feeling great now. But if you had this thing like and it's like a thing that's right. like, how do I get this thing? Like you're never going to get this thing. So no, it's all just. Yeah, I don't think that's the answer. <laughs> It's so not. It's all. It's like these superficial check boxes that you keep trying to check, and then you're thinking, "Oh, well, if I just check the next box, that's gonna be the box that'll make me happy. That'll mm -hmm. that'll be the thing." And it's never the thing. I don't. Never the thing. <laughs> it's never the thing. Oh man, I yeah. And so trying to convince like somebody younger of that is difficult but I love the idea and the concept that you're describing of this book where a child at any age can read this and I really think probably just relate to it because it is like you said it's through a story mm -hmm. yeah that's I, I I'm so excited for that to to come out and so so that the audience knows once that book is released we will be sharing it i'll be adding it to the show notes so regardless of when you're listening be sure to check the show notes yeah that's that's i mean that's an amazing achievement right and just knowing that you took the time to listen to yourself and that you allowed that process to evolve and to come through is is really really powerful yeah, I definitely have a passion for for supporting kids and, and getting these messages out early to give kids to normalize these things. Like even the topic we're talking about, you know, talking about connecting to your intuition. There's so many things that I want to I want to support children. So, yeah, it's it's one of my passions. Love that. Did, have you I know. So you said you're multi-passionate. Have you worked with kids in the past also? Yes, I have. Yeah, I actually worked in education for a while. I don't Ooh. know how many years, but a lot of years. At one point, I was a school teacher. I taught elementary school. I started an out, and I still have that business, an outdoor uh, classroom for kids where we teach them about mindfulness and meditation, mindfulness, meditation, the same yoga, connecting to nature, connecting to themselves. I worked in the social emotional learning space, bringing social emotional learning skills to kids, teaching self-awareness, leadership skills. So yeah, I worked with kids in a lot of different ways over the years. I've taught mindfulness to kids. So yeah, I do have experience with teaching mindfulness to kids. That is incredible. That is, oh man, that is so awesome. And, and what a great thing to teach, right? Because again, I think like we were saying, like, I just think about this. I'm like, man, if somebody Somebody could have found five-year-old Jen and said, hey, here's how you can learn how to ground yourself, you know, when you are running around barefoot, because I used to run all over the place. Mm, yeah, um, me too. 
Right. I think about that. And I'm like, yes, that is that is exactly the message I wish I, I would have really been able to experience and understand. Yeah. Um, and like when I taught mindfulness in second grade, for example, I made it normal in my classroom, but none of the other classrooms really it was they didn't all do it. And so my kids would say they thought it was just like any other subject because I had normalized it so much. Like it's just as important as math or anything else. And they would write, I'd say like, what's your favorite subject? And so many kids would say mindfulness, mindfulness, we love mindfulness. You know, they loved it. And I saw some kids in the future when they were in, that I had in second grade, one that I saw when he was in fourth grade, because I had stopped teaching. And he was like, you know, what's so strange, Miss Jen. I'm like, what? He's like, my teachers aren't doing mindfulness. And, and I thought it was amazing because I had created the foundation that he thought that was completely normal, that you would have mindfulness, that you would talk about your feelings, that, you know, all of these things that I made very normal. And he thought it was weird, you know, that his other teachers weren't doing it. But I think if we if we start making it normal from a really young age, I mean, I've seen kids that have sat in, I'm, I also teach laughter yoga, and I've seen kids sit in my yoga classes, and I've seen ki kids that they're meditating at, you know, five years old, completely, kids sit still for 30 minutes, and it's, it's really about how we see it. Like, what I've found as an adult is that it's how we see what's possible for the kids that they step into, because I've seen adults are like, not possible for my kid to sit still you don't you don't you don't know my kid no you do not know my mm -hmm. child or they'll be like children they don't they don't sit still children this is not possible for children children cannot do these things and then that is the reality so that's where my fairy comes in and i'm like <laughs> what do you believe to be true because you're creating your reality so yeah I have seen that kids can do it and they love it and I have even had kids in second grade like they all want to lead it and I had where they could start teaching it themselves and I had a list of like yeah. every single child wanted to do it and one child wrote his name seven times and I'm like okay you don't have enough <laughs> space because everyone wants to do it you know can you just you know so they love it if you introduce it to them um, and they share things that their parents don't even realize because like their parents, not all parents, but sometimes like these conversations haven't ever happened before. So they might share things. I've had scenarios where I've had kids share things with me that in front of a parent, they're like, I didn't know that about you just because it hasn't been talked about. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, you know, in so many other cultures, that mindfulness for children is is normalized. So, yes, it's, it is entirely possible. And and our children absolutely can learn this. And it's quite impactful. So I think yeah. that's amazing. I think it's amazing. I hope that you realize and I'm sure that you do because of how aware you are. But like, those kids now are getting to grow up and they know, hey, I learned this thing way back in second grade and I had no idea the impact this would have. But like they're able to take those skills with them now forever. And you did that, which is pretty freaking cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, chills. It's so amazing <laughs> when I think about it. And we can. I mean, you know, just. I think the message is like, we can all do it, right? Like, and it starts with us being confident and practicing it so that we were able to share because kids are BS detectors. So you have to embody it. You can't just be like, you should sit and be quiet and do mindfulness while I sit over here and drink my wine and don't do any mindfulness at all. <laughs> like, no, yeah. they are not going to do it. I'm telling you. But it's more of our energy and our energy behind it. And if we're models of it, then they will join you in it. So it really starts with us as adults. And and I think it's like, you know, all of us can help embody it, not only for ourselves, but for our kids and kids of the future. I mean, the kids are our future. 
Our future society needs this. We need this as a foundation. How to feel our emotions, how to connect our emotions, how to process things, how to communicate. I mean, I like our society needs this. Yes, truth on so many levels. Yeah, I did therapeutic foster care for several years. And it's so true. Kids are the biggest BS detectors and they will call you out. But it's interesting to the how exactly what you're saying, like if you if you're already practicing it and you're doing it pretty soon, they're they're going to want to do it, too. And it's 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 a whole experience. It's so I'm so glad you're sharing this with us today because it's really powerful. Okay, so I want to circle back because you've shared a couple little blurbs of some things you've done in your past. So now I want to try and guess your two truths and one lie. Okay. Okay, so let me go back. So if I remember right, you said you drove a semi and crashed it into a gas station roof. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm laughing. So my dad was a truck driver growing up. And so way, way back in the day, because I'm very old. Sometimes I used to be able to travel with him in his truck. And so just even thinking of that story in my head, I'm like, oh, this is something I would have done. But okay. Two truths and one lie. You either drove a semi-truck and crashed in a gas station roof. You were on the front page of a newspaper for leading a laugh mob. Or you got bit by a monkey. I'm going to say that you did leave a lead a laugh mob. Is that one true? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I could see, well, because you mentioned something about leading laugh yoga. Yeah. I, like, I thought about that. I'm like, darn it. I can't <laughs> This is the funnest part of the game. Like, we don't realize, we don't realize all the little hells that we leave along the way. But it's just good. I love this. Okay. So then now I can't decide between, I mean, okay, I will say this. Driving a semi-truck is no easy, like, I mean, there's enough buttons for, I don't even know what, it looks like the cockpit of an airplane or something. It's, it's a little wild. Or you got bit by a monkey. That's a tricky one because based on your, some of your experiences, I'm betting you're well-traveled mm-hmm. and that just is a possibility in my mind. I'm going to say, I know, know, this is like so tricky. I'm going to say you did not drive the semi-truck. Incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is so fun. Okay, you have to tell the semi-truck story. Oh, God. Okay. It's, I'll try to do a short version, I guess. So uh, my friend, after college, my friend got this job where she was driving a pink Hummer up and down the coast, doing promotional marketing, going to these expos, promoting uh, different brands. And I was like, I don't want to do that type of job. I want to drive a pink Hummer up and down the coast to California. So anyways, I applied for the same type of job. I got hired or one and they didn't tell me what I would be driving I get there and they're like you will actually be driving this humongous truck um which I had only driven a small little car at that point ever even driven a pickup truck let alone a huge truck it was very comical very hilarious I had no idea what I'm doing I don't know why I didn't just say I'm not doing this job but at the time I was very determined I was right out of college I was like Yes, I still get to go, you know, to all these states and they're going to pay for me and my food and my hotel and it's going to be great. So, yeah. So I got in the car and (laughs) drove to the gas station, which I didn't think about the fact that the truck is higher than the gas station roof. And I also didn't realize that there are separate gas stations for trucks and gas stations for regular people. (laughs) in their regular cars and this is the best story (laughs) well i accidentally went to the regular people gas station and tried to just go in as i would but hit the roof of the gas station since the truck was bigger than it and i went on the side and the truck got stuck between the roof of the gas station and the 
Like I was, I was basically tilted in the truck, like wedged in between. And I just rolled my window down and I was like, beat my heart. I was like, help, can I even help you? <laughs> and it was very hilarious. Even I was, I was like scared that it was going to tip over and also laughing at the same time because I'm like, what? what am I doing with myself and my life right now? Like, how am I in this scenario? And people, truckers started coming up to me and they thought I was in a reality TV show. Like, they, they didn't think it was real. Like, no one would take me seriously. They're like, thought it was like a fake thing. And I was like, they're like, oh, okay, it's a reality TV show. Like, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, this is my real life. <laughs> Can you get a house? Oh, I love it. This is the best story. This is the best story. Yeah. So finally they believe me. I'm like, no, it's real. Like, can you call for help? Like, you know. And so we had to get a crane. A crane had to come and lift the truck. And I'm like in it. Oh, like God. lift me out and like plop me back down. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's the most amazing story. It was really hilarious and I did not last very long at that job. I quit soon after. I was like, this is not for me, but it was it was very hilarious. <laughs> wait, they didn't. But wait, here's what's important. They didn't fire you? No, they didn't fire wow. me. Wow. Well, the, the truck wasn't that damaged. It was like a it was like a tiny little dent on the side of the truck, like barely any damage. And they're like, okay, you could just keep going. Like, not a problem. <laughs> oh, hysterical. Yeah. Now that you know there are two sides to the gas station, <laughs> just keep going. Look, yeah. now, now that you've learned, <laughs> we trust you completely to get there safely. <laughs> Oh, this is hysterical. That's the best story. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so great. Okay. Thank you for that because that was so good. Uh, okay. So I have to ask if people want to get in touch with you, where are you? I'm assuming you're on social media. How can people connect? Yes, you can find me on social media. You can find me on my website. In terms of the book, the website is jenniferfay.com. So, yeah, I'm offering a free ebook to everyone Ooh. from the audience. So, if you would like to message me, you can fill out your email. You'll see at the top of button that I'll just say, like, listen now to your free audio. I'm also offering a free audio, a free mindfulness audio that goes along with the book so you can just fill out your email there or you can send me a message on social media and just say hey can you send me the ebook and the the audio and you can find me through my website you'll find my social media or you can go to soul infused writer as well on instagram and find me there awesome okay well i'm gonna be sure and for the audience i am gonna be sure and share links so that you can connect with Jennifer on any of those platforms and the free ebook. I'm kind of excited about that. So if there was one thing, what's one thing you want the audience today to take away? I think I, something that came to me in a retreat, I was in a retreat in Mexico a few weeks ago. And the thing that came to me was begin with pleasure. And I mm. think that's what I want to share. I think the key we talked about kind of like don't focus on I need to find my purpose or I need to find my dream job or I need to, you know, whatever, have this business and then I'll be happy. It's more how can I like what do you do? You begin with pleasure. That's where you start. And if you bring more pleasure into your day, like you wake up, how can I begin my day with pleasure? Like I'm busy AF, like I have a lot going on what you know but how do you take that and be like but how can I still begin with pleasure pleasure how can I you know feel my feelings for two minutes how can I sit outside in the warm sun and let the sun rays touch my skin and 
wake yeah. like make me feel alive like how can I like what how can you begin with pleasure and even when you're deciding you know what should I do in business like not deciding like well I need to make money first and if I make a lot of money then then I'll focus on the thing that I really like because then I'll ha- have created you know financial freedom and then I can do the thing no don't do any of that what is the thing that you can begin now with pleasure like what's the thing that you can, like yeah Yes, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, and and it like checks the pleasure box too. Like this is gonna bring me pleasure, and maybe it'll bring me money too. Like I'm just, I'm choose, I'm making decisions that are aligned with what brings me the pleasure now, not yeah future. I I love that message so much. That is so in alignment with me, just a thousand percent. So thank you. I think that is that is the best thing to be able to walk away with. Um, well, Jennifer, it has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. And I, I have absolutely loved having you as a guest. So I will be sure and share all of your contact information into the show notes. So be sure to check those. And thank you. I, I hope you had fun too. I definitely enjoyed all of the stories, but not just the stories even learning more about your work. It's really impactful. So thank you for coming on to share. Oh, thank you, Jen. I love what you do. And I love your heart behind everything and the messages that you're here to to help share with with women and messages of messages of empowerment and all that you bring to su- support people and growing in their business. And yeah, I can feel, you know, you're very heart centered and authentic. And I'm really happy that Yeah, I had so much fun connecting with you. Good. I'm so glad. All right. Well, that concludes this episode. Thank you for joining. And until next time, keep making shift happen. Hey, shifters. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of A Whole Lot of Shift. If you heard something today that inspired you or resonated with you, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review to help others as well. Your review helps me give as much motivation and inspiration as I possibly can. And don't forget, you can catch all the outtakes, bonuses, special live stream interviews, and much more over at a whole lot of shift Facebook group. Until next time, keep making shift happen.